Greetings only tans. Today is Friday, April 28th. And yesterday, Thursday, April 27th, we had two members of the VIP Discord of NBA Top Shot join the show. One was a new face, the Kraken. The other was a, an older face, an older friend of the show, Steve Yerman. And we had a really great discussion. We talked about some of the criticisms that um, that the Kraken had about some of the ways that challenges have gone and some of the ways that supply is released or decided on the platform. But we also talked about some of the things that we're enjoying lately, namely the way that the Redemptions are working on NBA Top Shot. And we talked about how that's been going so far and talked about Steve Yerman's tool. And we also talked a little bit about the NBA playoffs and our finals predictions, as we tend to do. All in all, though, it was a nice chat. It was about an hour and a half long, and I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast that you're listening to on the platform that you are listening on, please go ahead and do that. It helps people find the show, uh, and it helps tell me that we're doing a good job here. So I'd appreciate if you would do that for me. And recall that nothing you hear on this show should be considered financial advice. And let's jump right into it. Hey, everybody. Where the hell am I? I'm not in my usual spot. I got people using the guest room. So here I am. I'm in the living room. But how's everybody doing? No trippy light. Sorry, Stan loves. Gonna have to gonna have to use your 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 dried herbs and spices at another time. But we have a show today. And what a what a week in the NBA too. I mean, just crazy NBA action. Congratulations to you, Heat fans. I did not expect the Heat to Send the Bucks packing in the first round. Who could have possibly predicted that one? Just madness. The the Celtics look weak right now versus the Hawks. Trey Young is playoff Trey. I still think the Celtics win that series, though. Pack rip Ewing be damned. On Twitter, he's trying to say the Hawks at seven. Anyway, but the point of today's show is we have a couple of special guests. We have the Kraken, who's a new guest. And we have Steve Veerman, who is an old guest of the show. And... Together, they're going to tell us all about the inside, the velvet curtain, peek back, peek into the inside of the VIP lounge. We know that recently uh, the VIP people were sent that email. It's like, you better spend up or get the F out. Uh, what else are we going to talk about today? Uh, redemptions. We got data about the redemptions. Some of the redemptions have started. And we also have that article about Dapper Labs that just came out. That uh, the same company that that did the first article about you know Roham on Slack chewing people out, this time it's about giving big old lofty promises to the NFL Players Association, which was probably at peak NFT times, frothy times, then having to renegotiate. So we'll dig into some of these different topics. Um, let's bring in our guests. And uh, even though it's VIP and not nine, not line, nine lives lounge, I still think it uh, it's appropriate to play the Velvet Curtain Eyes Wide Shut videos. So let's get them in here. Here we go. Oh, no. 
All right. So here we go. We got Steve. We got the Kraken. The Kraken is a new face. So the Kraken, why don't, why don't we uh, begin with you, the Kraken? Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Uh, your Wi-Fi is not looking great, which is which is standard. It's what we expect on this show. We wouldn't expect anything different, but it's nice to have you here. Yeah, if it's broken up, I'll go upstairs and it'll be a little <laughs> bit better. So either way, it's I I heard it when it was. Is it is it really bad right now? No, no, I think you're okay. We've had much worse, so you can't get much worse than like Alexo, oh. who was on like a one day lag, basically. Oh, last week was fun from the, uh, what, going to mom's, going to mom's birthday party and bounce. Yeah. I think, I think you're falling right in that trend though. I think your, 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 your connection is pretty awful. So I think, I think I would say go upstairs if if I could suggest anything. Um, and while you go upstairs, we will say hello to our friend, Steve, Steve, how goes it? Goes well. Can't complain. How about yourself? Goes well as well. Um, is that looks? Where, where are you right now? It looks like you got a something over your head, like a, like the top of a awning or something. Yeah, it's, there's like a gazebo thing here. I'm at the in-laws' place. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I guess they have a barbecue <laughs> in the back here, and figured I, I want somewhere quiet where they're not they're not going to hear me talk about Top Shot for an hour. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a good plan. Um, so how's how's Kraken doing over there? Are you testing your internet, or are you are you still listening to what I, I said a minute I was, and a half ago? <laughs> I was I was switching it. I was switching up. I heard you. I knew. <laughs> right. I it's I I had, constru- I had the construction done, and we moved the the router, so it's been fun. It should be right in the middle of the house in the perfect spot. It is really not much further than where I am right now, and it's been kind of a bitch. So I think, you're, I think you look you look more clear right now. So That's good. I think, I think we're good. Um, anyway, welcome to the show, both of you. Uh, where should we begin? Um, I guess, what's it like being a VIP? What, what is the, what is the VIP experience what? been like, uh, what, in the last couple of years? Like? <laughs> and where, where's it like now? So are, so the Kraken, are you an ex VIP member? I take it. I am one of the devil's rejects. Yes. Mm. I, How does uh, that feel to have been part of this very special group and now be looking from the outside as it's raining all over you and you're getting soaking wet and you're just looking uh, at the dry yeah. VIPs. You know what? It's, it is what it is. You make your decision and you move on. Um, I can't say that what I'm missing out on is going to be the driving factor. It's just, you know, it's just interesting. Someone who spends so much time and they owe me nothing. But it's just an interesting play. And I'm not worried for myself. It's more the others that have been sleeping giants, mm-hmm. you know, just to notify them that, it, you know, hey, you're not VIP. When you've been working very close, you're on daily and again, not owed anything. But there's a lot of hours you put in and for it to be what it is, it's just an interesting play. I'll put it that way. Um, I personally am not going to lose anything financially. I'm not going to cry over it. I'm in a room with a bunch of other guys. It's a good time. I just want this to move forward. But, you know, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk, but there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. And it was an interesting play. I'll see how it rolls out. But, yeah, it's now I'm in a private disc, two different private discords. So the life rafts and it, it's interesting getting other people's takes. 
Yeah, uh, I would agree. It, 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 it is a questionable decision. I wonder if uh, someone thought that, or maybe this was already in place beforehand, actually. I was thinking about that too. Has, Steve, are you aware? Was that like the policy? Has that always been the policy that you got to just continue spending the big bucks or you have to have spent over 100K or else every year it just refreshes? Yeah, that's always been at least my assumption. And every year they've changed it. They've changed the criteria. So um, I'm not surprised they changed it again. Yeah. Well, I, I will say I did not get in from net spend last year, mm-hmm. which the rule was net spend overall. And then it was also net spend in the last year, which those held true. But then there also was a gross spend and a, uh, I don't know, celebrity appearance. And by no means my celebrity, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah. uh, that ain't me, but it's the gross spend. I just like in my fantasy leagues, you know, I am trading, moving, adding, dropping left and right. Not for the, you know, just the bill that grows then, but I make liquidity out there and make some bad moves, some good moves, but I don't sit still. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I just think like that if they are changing also, the requirements yeah. up, if they, were, if they change the requirements up like every year, I would think that maybe on a down year, they're a little more lenient. To, to, to say like let's keep you all together here we don't want any like we don't want to create any angry people who are some of the top holders of our platform that's what i think uh that's what's questionable to me um what else what else can you tell us yeah you would think that you would think sorry cracking go ahead yeah i was gonna say you would you would think that they did dip it a little bit but not proportional to how much this is dipped and how we need to grow yeah it's uh but then they removed all the other requirements sure. which we'll see if just sure yeah um what do you think about all that steve what, what what do you think what should the vip like how important do you think the vip people are to the platform steve uh, well i think everyone's important to the platform um it's interesting being in vip because vip they think they're the most important and if you go to like general chat they think they're the most important if you go to some other discord they think they're the most important like every group of users think they're the most important people and the truth is that everyone serves a purpose. Um, some people just don't have the money to spend big dollars on, you know, higher value moments. And so like, you got to play within, you know, the, 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 you know, the, what you can play with. And uh, so I, I think Dapper just kind of, everyone feels a bit like they've been shortchanged. Um, I think looking, if you're looking at the VIP, you, would, you might imagine that VIP maybe is more, uh, uh, like super fans, or maybe there's more positive sentiment there. It's not. It's basically, it's always been consistent. If it's if the general chat is negative, well, VIP is just as negative, maybe more. Um, so it's not really like uh, an area that's any more positive than any, anywhere else. Like That's actually the reason why I don't spend a whole lot of time there either, is because I don't get anything extra from being in that room than I, than I don't get in other rooms. Sure. I remember... I think early on, I actually looked at like one of my oldest video clips. I just sometimes I like to just go back in history. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a glutton for pain. Um, but I remember like originally some of the things that the VIPs received. Or actually, no, that was the Nine Lives Lounge. So that was even a degree a degree away from VIPs. But like, what what were some of the things that the VIP, let's say, has delivered, or where do you feel like the value is in these like special rooms? 
or especially when it's you're so close to like Dapper Labs, you're so close to like the the heart of Dapper Labs as a VIP. Um, but but ha- did you feel that way while you were there, or did it feel like kind of just in any other Discord? You want to start with that, Steve? Well, I, I mean, I'm still there. So. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, like, yeah. From my side, it's not that much different than any other Discord. I mean, you have different items. A lot of it's last minute. So we did have the March Madness. Uh, we had like a March Madness tournament thing that was for a couple bucks. A few people won. Uh, you had the, you know, best person collector for that team with their favorite team you could win something so i got a Cade cunningham ball up in the wall over there um outside of that there i would say vip had the least amount of uh interaction from the dapper side than any other room on the site and i would say we probably had the least amount of giveaways yeah, yeah. that's fair i would i would agree there there, so there aren't it, that many giveaways in the, VIP. That, the yeah no, there's nothing. So well, besides besides like the, the the rake back and stuff like that, which is which is very generous, by the way. When they've given that back to us, yeah. um, I've appreciated yeah. it. So I don't want to like you know just talk shit there about was, that. Yes, there was a couple. Of, there was what a rake back over that one over the summer with what like what was it a five percent or it was a dapper match if you went up to a certain point. So basically, it was you know you got double your money back, but that's if the moments held their value. Right, which right. I don't think they did a one percent cash back on your next spend. So it wasn't wasn't crazy. I mean, so it's you don't get any alpha. You get I say the biggest thing is you get into a couple extra phone calls with the team to give your input. But ultimately, like the one Jacob fired me after the call because he went a different direction and called it out on Twitter and on the stream. It's like hey, appreciate it. I know I said it was a good way to go, but we're going to go a different way. So my bad. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's also what uh, Jay, Jay, who's also in the, who was in the VIP was talking about as well, is that there's a lot of really smart people in the VIP giving really clever ideas, but, but I don't know. There's obviously issues, you know, you're not part of Dapper. You can give a thousand ideas, but at the end of the day, it's the people that are sitting in those chairs who are making the decisions based on their partnerships, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I can see how that might actually be kind of frustrating that you feel like you're so close to like be able to give inputs and help make decisions. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't. <laughs> so it's like just yeah. sort of a futile exercise in a way. Do you think that's accurate? I, I think it's very accurate. It's like being on the goal line and running it up the middle four times in a row and not scoring. It is so frustrating. You are right there. It's, I mean, forever, and I know Steve can back me up on this, but it's forever. You look at the metal golds or stuff from S1, it's like, man, if just five more sold, it would double. Yeah. It's like, we are almost there. If we just did the next seven items right, Per what's communicated and can go the right direction but it's we do two right and then six wrong and then suddenly i look at it, i go oh man now there's six moments out there and i'm actually back 10 percent. but if we could just do the next six right we'll get there but it's, well, I, you know, yeah. it's it's all an execution thing and you know laying out what the, the name of the game is and if you execute 
and people trust you, it'll get there. Yeah, I think that's that's really wise. Um, I think the other thing, and I know we're like such a broken record, but you have to execute, but you also have to give enough of a supply that your demand can meet it or ideally exceed it. I know recently we were almost at, I think for one day, one week on that live token, but we were actually a few more buyers than sellers where I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is a huge day. Um, but yeah, you need that like consistently basically because um, you know no one thinks we're going to be back at like the frothy, crazy Valhalla times, but, uh, but we can still improve upon where we're at. And I think that I agree with you. There's some really good decisions that get made. And then there's some other head scratchers and usually the head scratchers in my opinion are around things like dropping a, a whole bunch of packs, like letting people go around the wheel 10 different times to buy packs. And that's when I think like they can have really great ideas, but as we know from that Dapper article and we can segue to the article or we can segue to redemptions because that's what I saw two different opportunities there. Um, we know that there are requirements that they have with their partners. And so it's like, okay, well, that's why they're dropping this many packs and they have to pay out. They have to give their partners the piece that they need. Um, so that's why they're between kind of like a rock and a hard place. However, I will say that if you can get the execution of like what the, what the games, what the supply is supposed to be, the predictability of the supply, then we'll be in a better place. And I think that the redemptions is a great, um, indicator of that. Um, so Steve, I know that you're, you have been keeping a really close eye on redemptions. Why don't you mm -hmm. update us on what's going on so far with the redemptions? We've already seen that people have redeemed some of these yeah. redemption tickets for the existing moments. And, and what are we seeing for the teams that have won the teams that have lost? What are, what are we seeing and how has it adjusted your predictions of how this is going to go? Yeah, sure. So like, I mean, first and foremost, I'm i I'm a huge advocate for redemptions. I think it's a really interesting idea. I think the mechanics around it seem very well thought out. Uh, so I really kind of like that part. Um, the, you know, when they announced them, I, I was a bit confused. And I think we, a lot of us were. Um, things I appreciate, like the finite supply, so 5,000. But the things that are really interesting is as a player progresses through the rounds, their moments become more scarce. And this has been something that Dapper hasn't figured out until now is how do you mint more plays from the same player and not dilute the existing moments and this is exactly how they fix that is it makes all the existing moments more more scarce so uh, i really like redemptions um some may know that i wrote like a redemptions tracker tool uh for the playoffs um it's on my my website intangible.market uh, so you can kind of look at it there but in terms of like what i've been following and i mean i've i didn't know how to play this so i just kind of bought a bit of redemptions across the board from all teams uh, I figured if I bet on all the all the horses, like I'll probably end up even. Yeah, it's not really a you know, I'm not going to really lose here. I just I kind of want to play the game and see how it works. Uh, more just kind of like a research component too. If this is the way Top Shot's going, I wanted to kind of understand the good and the bad, right? Like I think it's our responsibility to have good constructive feedback on on what works, what doesn't. So um, things that I like today is just like the it's it's very clear from the redemptions that happened today with the Nets versus the Sixers that there's strategy involved and people understand that because um, there seemed to be a very consistent ratio of redemptions from the Nets versus the, the Sixers. Like for, if you compare all of the players. Um, so to me, that seemed very healthy. It seemed like people, even though there, there's been a lot of chatter about people not understanding redemptions, to me that was like, yep, people get it. This is good. So let's see. I'm going to bring up your intangible.market here. We can take a look together. 
because um, what I'm curious about, so when you say that like people get it, right? And I'm going to yeah. have to zoom in here. My question is like, if we go to the nets, yeah. how many people are still holding um, those redemptions and not doing any with the, anything with them, let's say? Yeah, so, so, the, the, so the bridges is, is, is uh, 1,235. Right. So, so does that kind of tell us that people don't really quite understand this? That twelve hundred people are holding on to a. I mean, not necessarily, because now that's basically it's it's more than twice as rare as the redeemed moment. So the unredeemed is twice as rare as the is the redeemed. Um, and so if this is just a scarcity play, like those people, like I don't know what's right or wrong. I'm just saying, as a as a pure scarcity play, ignoring the moment, ignoring all the other stuff, as a pure scarcity play, like. It makes it, on some level, it makes more sense to own the scarce thing. I'm not saying that's what I would do, but I like the option that it gives collectors to be able to choose that path. Mm. All right. I mean, that's an interesting take. I think, though, that, yeah, I don't know how many of the 1,200 are holding it because they're like, this is the scarce play. I think there's probably a fair amount of them who don't really quite get it, who are like, oh, I can redeem this whenever i want mm -hmm. or something like that there's probably a percentage i don't know which percentage is which but right. it is interesting to take a look at that um the, the, the good part here kind of is that's still really early and that um even if they made a mistake or whatever it's like a low value moment for those ones anyways and if you didn't yeah. redeem your sixers one for instance like that's that might actually work to your advantage like mm. it, it's possible that you just not understanding this or, or, or even buying packs today if you missed the window it might work out in your favor because it's possible that um, redemption moment is required in a later round and you're just, you're, you know, you, you come out winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on my side, I, I haven't been the biggest on the playoffs. I went all in or not all in, but I went heavy last year, completed it all. Yeah. Didn't gain value on last year's playoffs. That's obvious or the year before, but I did get some free packs. And I'm holding a few that are haven't been, you know, they're not knocked out yet, like a Embiid, a Murray, and what a Randall, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm holding on to those. I don't plan on doing the whole set, so I'm not going to buy them all. If I did, I could buy, you know, thought New York was going. You hammer the Randall, you save it and sell it for later. But I'm not doing that right now. I'm sure there's a ton of people just holding those, waiting. But based on the amount of people I got in the platform or other discords that reach out to me personally, I've had to personally explain this probably a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, it, it would be next time they do this, put the video out properly communicated because for someone that has 50 plus fantasy leagues across six different sports and to be collecting cards since I was five, to have any confusion level on my end means most probably have confusion. And for Top Shot, they need to simplify. Confusing isn't better right now. Make, mm -hmm. you know, time is valuable. Simplify things and stabilize it. Like getting sure. weird and crazy right now, it's the wrong time to do it. Yeah. But I'm not saying this is weird and crazy. I'm just saying announcing it two weeks earlier would have gone a long way. Mm. Yeah, I think first of all, another thing is the app, right? So I downloaded the app yesterday for the first time. I think once the app is more widespread, that'll help a whole lot too, because it'll just ping you right away and say, "Hey, you're holding redemption moments. You got you have 48 hours to use them. Tap here and go and do it." Um, but sure, I, I think part of the confusion and also 
is like strategy wise. I think that part is legitimately a little confusing. I think um, just to understand that this is a ticket and here's how, when you can use it to me is less confusing. But in terms of, let's say you're holding one redemption ticket of like Jason Tatum. And then the question is, well, what, what should you do? Like if the Celtics win, they beat the Hawks and you know, then do you redeem that for that? I feel like it has just as much strategy as like, like a tic-tac-toe game. There's strategy, but like it's, it's finite. It's not, there's not that much here. I don't know how to dumb it down anymore. You can either keep it or exchange it, you know, that's it. You can, you can, you can drill down into that, but like, it's all a guessing game. Like, I mean, we're going to have different. Yeah. It's like deal or no deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can play it now or you can let it keep going and open up more boxes. I mean, it's, it's not that hard. I'm just saying right now when we've had a straight decline and there hasn't been a lot of excitement and a lot of the bigger collectors, there, has, there hasn't really been a challenge the entire season that's been like, I have to do this. I that's still true. remember where I was at for certain challenges last year. I mean, I was yeah. hiding in the bathroom at my grandma's house looking <laughs> at moments, making sure like who's doing what when we had everybody there for Christmas. <laughs> like I remember that moment and I was like, what I got to buy this. I got to buy that. Next thing I know it, I missed the boat because Patty Mills hit the challenge. And next thing I know it, he's what? 3,200 bucks for a rare in S one. I'm like, dear God. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not doing this challenge. Like that was fun. Like those wild, crazy things. Those are fun. When something goes from one to three, it's not newsworthy. Yes, mm-hmm. you can make money, but like that was exciting. Now you have a lot of people holding a ton of balance that just check in the dump it because it's not exciting. Making harder things make people engage so they're not dumping things all at once. If you only engage a small portion, the people that are left out, whether it's the bottom, the top, the middle, they, you know, they take offense to it or they're bored and they just make a buck right now. But if you engage all levels, it's good. You ignore a level and only do one hard challenge the whole year, probably not going to work out. Agreed. I, I agree with you there. Steve, what do you think? And I mean, you're you're obviously someone who knows how to program. You're you're someone who's probably given a lot of thought to this. I would have to agree with the crack in there, which is that the challenges this season or this series to me were kind of a bit of a flop. I mean, they just like you said, they didn't feel very challenging of challenges you know and lately you're you're if you do them you get like a s2 base pack let's say or you know it's um it's a tough thing and i think actually lakers has been uh, who's also a vip who couldn't make it today but he's been tweeting about this recently which is like you keep winning more supply which keeps watering things down you keep winning more supply which keeps so what is what do you think is a an ideal way to turn this around or to adjust this moving well forward. i'm gonna agree with you like this season's the challenges have not been very good I, they've, i've been completely unis- un- un- uninterested i think many have um so i think they've been poorly designed um and, but that's like in comparison to like the re- redemption thing now it's a clear nine day thing and one had a lot of thought and one one didn't right um in terms of like the challenge the rewards for like these flash challenges and whatever like i, I i've always been against the idea of of um, having anything be like uh, you, you want it all to be negative, net negative. You should right. be burning more moments than you receive always. Yep. But it, it doesn't happen. Like they'll be like, Oh, um, add 
add four moments and get a free pack. It's like literally you're just adding more shit to the market for people that it's a don't. Waste of time. It's a yeah. waste of time. Why are you doing that? At least like have like, okay, burn 10 moments and you get one moment out of it. It's like, okay, like it might not be worth it, but you know what? People will do it and it'll, re yeah. it'll reduce supply. It's, it's, it's the user's decision to do it. Um, I don't know. I mean, Anyways, that's one, one piece. It's the same thing though right now with packs where we're looking at it. You know, you're buying a $10 pack that could have $6 a moment. Likely is probably closer to eight, but people are going to gamble and spend 12 or 10 bucks. Or they go to the upper one, likely closer to twenty bucks, but they'll spend thirty. They're gambling. Like if you constantly did it, where you can get a pack and gamble with stuff that you had and burn it. I mean, when you do add six to get a pack, it's a waste of time. At mm -hmm. least make someone burn once, like one fucking archive and one moment from that team. Just burn something. It anything. has to be symbolic. Anything. Even this redemption thing. Not to go on a huge tangent. I really like it. But it wouldn't have hurt anything. They just said just symbolically, yeah, you have to exchange your redemption and burn any other moment you want. Like, I like the idea of just, just burn a throwaway moment. Like, why is this not more of a thing? It's They seem reluctant to want to do this. Mm -hmm. We have so many of them. Just burn one. It's symbolic. It just it shows me that they're serious about about scarcity and supply and Right, cool. and that's, it's not even like that hurts their bottom line either. If they're like, go burn the hell out of all the old archive and playoff moments, like that doesn't change their revenue numbers whatsoever. So it's like, why not? Uh, and I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. But Boston Base just tipped the show two dollars. Stop ignoring the chat. He says so. <laughs> he, he's he's been hammering it some for a while. I have it on the side over there. So just <laughs> so, like yeah. last week, he's trying to come and have some fun. So if you guys see any uh, any chat that that is worth discussing, it's true that sometimes I, if I do if I try to do both, I get distracted. But um, let's see. I'm gonna just click a few random ones. Imagine yeah. all the supply without any burning or locking, though it would be worse. But yes, they should have burned the locker room and had us burn double what we did. That's another thing, by the way. The locking as part of I mean I know this has also been said a thousand times, but locking as part of net neutral or net negative. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? What are we five years old? Like, do we not understand what what I mean, a year lock is? It's not a burn. If you look up the definition of that and you just go in there, it's not out of circulation. Exactly. So for net circulation, locking something is not out of circulation. It is still in circulation, even though you can't sell it. I can still use it. And then on top of that, we brought that up when VIP got uh they got to talk to the people who put the leaderboards together we brought that up as a concern allowing locking before you had the rules to the game and said it will be a concern this will be a problem people will lock you are saying it's important if you don't come to the table with real deal rewards you're going to see it in your bottom line people are going to be pissed off it's not right. the time to over promise under deliver and even if you're not promising anything you allowed them to lock you threw a gun in the room and you're shocked people you know use the gun like it's it's messed up like you should be going to the table just like the redemptions just like anything else with well-constructed thought and the plan and the rules so there's no room for like for being angry at why you lost money you saw the rules of the game and you played it. The leaderboards didn't have that.
and then it got met with negative ex or negative response. Yeah, and that's definitely an issue that we've seen time and time again, which at least they're improving upon. But there's so many examples of being like, just wait and see, bros. Like, just you just wait. It's like, oh, no. It's oh, like, no, you just can't that, trust that at all anymore. <laughs> that was a benefit of VIP or actually not a benefit. We got in those private meetings where you get to like brainstorm, just like you asked us what we would do differently. We get the brainstorm. You get everybody at the very top saying, that's a genius idea. I love it. I'm going to present it to the top. Here's a recap of the meeting. This is what we want to do. We'll be net negative 40% unless we hit our growth metrics. You see all these, you're like, well, there's no way if you did half of these prices don't go up. And then you hit the season and none of it happens. So a benefit of, or I guess a negative of VIP, you got in those rooms and it, it's kind of hopium. And I don't know where it stopped, but there's a lot of good ideas that came up that could drive this. This isn't a hard product to get the trend upwards, but you have like, you can't make scared moves on this. You have mm -hmm. to say something and do it in a timeline. And if you're constantly changing rules, constantly missing deadline dates and then giving no warning. I mean, we all have lives. This isn't our main job. Like, come on, this is just lay the rules of the game out and let's go. Yeah, it, um, it's been long enough. It's not a hard game. You make yeah. too much, prices go down. You you say here's the rules and change them, prices go down. People are pissed, and rightfully so. Yeah, I think that's fair. I you know that brings me to the next question though, which is why do you think that they even created this redemptions program? Because we've already seen that they they don't need to change it up. Like as much as people can't like are in pain watching the values of their moments decrease. The cold hard truth is that packs sell out. And as long as packs sell out, if you think about what their KPIs are, that has to be number one. Like, yes, they want users that are happy. Sure. But is their product selling out? Yes. If I, if you know, like, although only recently we're, we've seen that adjusted, that's not happening as much. And even these playoff packs, I think the $10 ones are still not sold out. Um, but I think there was what, 25,000 a day or 21,000. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, I, I actually was even kind of surprised that though, that the packs did do as well as they did, because I think there was such a clear view of what your possible upside was. And it wasn't much because like in the past, you know, you rip that rare Luca or that rare LeBron, it's like a hundred dollar pack price, but you can flip that that moment for like a thousand dollars you you can 10x and this one the best you could do would be like a two and a half x or something so i'm I mean, kind of surprised they did as well as they did there's a reason why they did the initial rules said these redemptions would only be on they would only be available through pack sales sure right so we thought they were only available for pack sales there were some guys that wanted to roll the dice that were in vip or the life raft we went to where these packs have no chance at selling out even before they went on sale. So some people took kind of the approach of they won't sell out. So I'm going to buy a bunch because they will have to burn them because they said in stone, it's only available for sale. Well, once they came out and you only had 
what, 15,000 go in the first day. They came right back and changed all of the pack rewards to uh, that we were supposed to have throughout the year for locking sets. I didn't know it was like, yeah, you're going to get nine packs from here. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a minute. You said only for sale. Now right. you're giving them as gifts for challenges and locking. That And then suddenly the verbiage was changed. And, you know, if you took that approach, that was smart. Like if they kept to it, but then they changed the rules and now they're giving them out. I think half of what have sold so far, if you would have kept it that way, it would have been there. But in the metrics of how many people are playing the game, I only have redemptions because I was given free packs because with S1 so cheap, I'm very okay with selling things right now and buying S1. Because yeah. in the collectible, if the first season isn't worth shit, which right now you can get rares of rookies for dirty cheap, if that's not worth anything, nothing's worth anything. Mm-hmm. Out of any collectible, I don't know many collectibles that S5, S6, S7 is worth more than S1. If someone has one, throw it in the chat. I really don't know, but outside of ones and twosies. Right. Um, Steve, any feedback there? On which part? On, um, well, I, I guess some people were also felt like the Kraken, which was he thought those packs were only going to be sold and not. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not, the way I, I, the way I read it was it was gonna, all going to be sold. I actually I sent a message uh, to someone in Adapter being like, just to clarify, 100%, you're not going to distribute these under any other circumstance. You're like, that is correct. I'm like, okay. And then I went and I spent like a thousand bucks on packs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they the drop they, they, they don't give them out yeah. Yeah, and then they airdrop me 70 like i'm not complaining about that sure but it, like you just kind of diluted the thing that i just bought like okay all right um changing the rules but the thing is i'm not i'm upset they didn't think about that initially whoever said that they're gonna make 2.4 million dollars on these pack sales like I'm, i don't know how to say this nicely but they fucked up like wh- why is this whoever made the decision like stop making that decision you are bad at this don't do that you know like bad bad dapper don't mint that much don't fucking hit that target whoever said you could meet that target you were way off you don't you are in a different world than, than we are in um you could sell half that if you said we could sell 1.1 million realistic because you probably could hit that without get without these giveaways um so yeah anyways that person i don't know who they are but you know, come on, someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, the net return is a lot lower. I mean, you could have done the ten dollar packs and put two in it, and put six in the thirty dollar one. You sell max packs. Now you're not going to sell as many. I mean, it's simple economics. What you think is going to happen? I mean, we have this is the fourth year in a row that playoff packs struggle to sell out. Fourth year in a row. I mean, even S one. We struggled, right? And that's why after, was it in S2, when we had the first flash challenge, they brought it up, said it would be daily, but it turned out that just meant one challenge for one day and they did no more. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to hammer this. So I pounded that piece the whole time. I'm like, going in S3, you should make it a reward for your team getting further. You should make it deflationary. You could have done this where hey, burn seven Joel Embiid to get round one. Right. That would have been fine. Make this, make it a huge advantage. So if you didn't want to burn your own moments, 
because you're a huge Golden State fan, you think you're going all the way, burn nothing. But then make it so the playoffs, you need to burn five for the first round, 10 moments for Curry in the second round, 20 moments or like a rare. And then there were four. You have to burn multiple rares to get these and let people pick it, whether it's the, you know, if Golden State makes the fi- or makes the uh, final four, maybe you burn them or maybe you burn the team that's across uh, across the court from them. Like mm-hmm. make playoffs an advantage. So if you make it to the finals, your entire roster gets more scarce. And every time that's met from Dapper employees, great idea, and then it doesn't happen. This year is better than most years with redemptions but still, it's not fixing the crimes of the past. S2 and S3, I mean, there's rookies that have 40% of their supply still in S3, and I have no fucking clue how they're coming out. Mm-hmm. How could I, as a reasonable person, buy that rookie? Are they going to do what happened to Steve when he buys a bunch of packs and then give them out? I mean, is Aaron Wiggins going to have all 2,000 of his unreleased moments just dumped or is it going to be in a hot pack? I have no fucking clue. Yeah. That's Which that's is concerning. True. I mean, yeah. none of us can spend money if we have no fucking clue what's going on. And if me and Veerman don't know what's going on, we're in these spaces every day. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I at least put effort in. And I can honestly say I have no clue how that Wiggins moment's being re- released or Sengen or anyone from S3. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of volume. Just burn. Yeah. It just adds. It, it adds so much uncertainty to the to the to the market. Like if right. a buyer doesn't have all the information, i.e., like information isn't just like how many are, are left in packs or whatever. I, I mean, like how they're going to release these moments because it just it sets people up to make very bad buying decisions, and it just it sets people up to just be pissed off. Like you want to you want to be as transparent as possible, and I don't understand why we're three years in and there's just so much of this product that just it's opaque. Come on, like. Let us tell us why is this a secret? Why why is there a, is there a plan or not? Just tell us if there isn't or whatever. Just I don't know. It's crazy to me. What do you think would happen though if they were like? Because I feel like the the most opaque information that no one can really know is like what is their agreement with the NBPA, right? And if they had told you like look look this is how much money we have to make every season for the NBPA. I thought that just came out. I thought it was like ten million bucks. There's like a guarantee. It was like in an article. Oh, was like that 10, it? I think so. That, that, I think that was the number. I well, I know that I know that there was the article with the NFL where they promised massive numbers and couldn't hit it, and they were like hundreds of millions of dollars off. But probably because that was the same way, like they raised a bunch of money because they were raising it based off these just insane. Did that article actually have like uh, uh, actual numbers though, and how much was promised? Because this article, the other article for the NBA one, I think it it did reference ten million dollars. I wasn't sure. If it, I wasn't sure if it was just for Top Shot. I think it was like a a general like. You know, uh, companies dealing with the NBA licensing—they've agreed to ten million dollars as a guarantee. But, um, sure. but yeah. So, anyways, the ten million dollars—I mean, Dapper can—they can do that pretty easily. I think. I don't think that's a huge concern um, for them to hit that no, mark. I don't. I don't think that's a concern. Um, real quick, Tandy. Yeah. Um, I see Poker um, Poker Eric over there mm-hmm. saying I couldn't address something. Hey, Eric, what were you talking about? Throw it up in the chat. I'll have to scroll up. Put PPE yeah. types a lot. I looked really, really quick. Said VIPs no, probably. Too bad Kraken can't ask 
in the channel now. Oh, I think he's just joking that you're not in the VIP channel, so you can't ask whatever it is. Ah, I got ask. it. Yeah. And <laughs> and on top of that, Boston based, I am not a doomer. <laughs> I this this product itself, you can ask any of my friends, they think I have hopium in my veins. This product itself is like my favorite things outside of my family and friends in life. Had a baby. I, I've been doing cards since I was five, trained by my dad because he was a big collectibles guy and been a fantasy junkie since 97 when I was in seventh grade. Yes, that dates me. But I've been doing stuff since pre-online fantasy and I'm no expert, whatever, but I've been, I mean, I'm in 50 plus leagues, six different sports, call it 12 if you count college and other things. I I love this stuff. I want this to succeed. And I'm not, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm just more, uh, you know, disappointed in certain things but you could turn this around so quick if you just did a couple of things right it would turn around i am more optimistic than the next guy but i come off as kind of a doom and gloom asshole especially in the chat but i'm not though like there if i didn't believe in the product i'd be the fuck out of here and i would never be on you know on a thursday at 4 p.m on a spaces yep or on a uh, on a chat Never would be on here. I wouldn't be in Discord. I would be nowhere if I didn't believe in it. Now, I do cards a lot on the side for fun, and they are a pain in the fucking ass. I have three kids, and I do not want more cards in my house. The last thing I want is physical property in my goddamn house. Like, because you have to put it somewhere and take care of it. I have three demons over here that will break the shit out of it and lose it. And then if we, you know, it gets stolen, you know, shipping. FBI said there was 70 plus percent fraud rate on online sales of physical collectibles. Mm -hmm. I don't want a part of that. I've actually been ripped off in physical collectibles. It's bullshit. And this, so I don't want more spreadsheets. I have them at work. If I do cards to know where I'm at, I need a manual fucking Excel document <laughs> and I do not want more. I'm sure everyone in the chat has plenty of static excel documents for work and it's a pain in the ass like this product eliminates that if it goes to the you know easy to understand time is valuable i don't want to go ship shit like this allows me to skip all of that and i can stay in my troll basement i have down here and never leave the house if i can flip this if i believe what is said happens if there is a plan like, if you did that, many, many card people, many collectibles people, many fans would stay. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, most, most NFT projects, they say something and they don't do it. If you just simply do what you say, this thing could launch. If you put rules together, it could launch. You just can't change it every three months like it's nothing. I mean, for VIP, we asked for rules what would qualify us next year. We had been asking since fucking December. Over and over and over again so we could prepare because we all have families. We have jobs. Is it going to be 100K net for last year? Is it going to be I get in for free? We don't know. We were given a notice it's going under maintenance the day before. It came out. And my ass was on the curb. And then just so you could 
you know, fulfill what you said. I'm in a general room that has a one minute cool down. No one's ever been in from Dapper just to check that box that they're not lying. Like that's bullshit. Just do what you say. Simple. Like just be honest. And if you don't know, say you don't know. Just don't promise the world. You know, the over promise under deliver just to save your ass and kick the contract down the road. It's been a constant Mm -hmm. and people only buy from who they like and trust. And right now, They've had a trust issue since April 21. You see it in Jacob's office hours. That was a huge bullet point. And on every office hours was a trust bullet point. You haven't fixed it. Sorry, mm-hmm. I like the much. I think that's fair. Uh, I think those are fair criticisms. Um, I have to give you this lighthearted feeling when you say that you're on the curb, though. I got to give you this drop. Darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, everything you said is legit, though. And I think that that's something that people are have said all across all different collector levels, all across the spectrum, is that tell us what you're going to do, then follow through, under-promise, over-deliver, and so do the opposite. Um so anyway, I mean, it's it's sort of a consistent thing, but but where we're at right now, uh, at least with this redemptions thing, um, I gotta say, like, I know this redemptions thing. I don't know if it's a small thing, if it's a big thing, but it does feel like a different thing. It's like that little spark of wow, they're actually changing it up. They could have just dropped two hundred thousand packs in our head, easy, easy, but they didn't. Why? You know, that's like the, 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 what's that, that meme where he's putting his fingers out to the sky. Why is that? Yep. Why didn't they just drop 300,000 common packs on our heads? You know, they could have done it a hundred percent. And you know, they could have stuffed some random ass Steph Curry record breaking three, one out of a million, and they would have sold even more of them. So I am curious why they didn't do that. I'm curious, like who made that decision. And I hope that that person is going to be making more decisions moving forward in terms of how they choose to release moments well, in the future. Well, I, I know the person that made that, uh, that kind of made the redemptions and okay. he's proud of it. And he's a good dude. And he made that and he pushed hard for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to throw his name out here finals, but, uh, it's <laughs> going to be an idea going into next season. So it's, you know, and I, I love it. And you go into next season. If you apply this properly next season, it adds levels of gamification when there's no games going on. If you have random redemptions where it's a, you have a, you know, mint count of, which is the big thing. We don't know what the max is every year. We're right. supposed to have that this year. I'm hoping next year they say X amount of mints, rare, common, legendary is a max per player. Absolutely. So they they try should. And burn some. But going into next year, if you have a guy that doesn't have a lot of rares, maybe he has more redemption. Has a lot of rares, like Giannis has probably enough rares in S1 and just his fucking MVP set to last us until S7. Like, (laughs) Accurate. I mean, for the love of God, you shouldn't put 600 redemption Giannis's out there. Put less, so they're more rare. But then you can use those redemptions or burn rares 
for future rares, that would be great to stabilize supply. I think once everyone understands this and you actually give a cap for rares, we can work with that. We just need to know what's going to stay. If you give us the rules of the game and they stay, it, it works. But spend the off-season educating us and simplifying the product and then come in July or August and give us the rules of the game frozen in stone for two years. That's all yeah. I ask. I mean, mm-hmm. well, that in historical rules, for the love of God, make rules for the historical. Because without mm-hmm. historical rules, no moment is safe. Mm-hmm. If you think you have the best LeBron, Kobe dunk tribute. Right now, they can make a ultimate Kobe dunk tribute historical right now. You could. Any rookie, you could. That's why I talked to them on squad goals. They were going to do a Scotty Barnes, a Cade Cunningham, and every rookie last year of value was going to be a squad goals once the season closed. If that would have happened, there were people that just murdered Jordan Poole, thinking that the season was close, he was getting no more. Jordan Poole was about to get a squad goal. Cade Cunningham was about to get a squad goal. That would have destroyed people who had confidence in your program, I mean, or in your platform. Yeah. You just, if you lay the rules out and you stay with it and you're consistent, he can't complain. I mean, I'm a stats guy and I want to know what's there. And I know Veerman is definitely a stats guy with his website that he has, which I love from day one. Uh, not to kiss your ass, but like <laughs> that site, it's easy to read, easy to use, and it's not a lot of flash, which is exactly what I want. <laughs> they were definitely, the birds are definitely enjoying This entire time, I thought like it was noise canceling, but I didn't realize you guys could hear, could hear all the birds. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. I, I kind of, it's kind of calm. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The joke is actually that those birds are inside the house. Steve, where Steve is, is completely silent. Yeah, it's it's silent here. Yeah. Weird. Okay. No, I just got my I got my old cat here. Oh, there you go. That cat's gonna get excited hearing those birds. Um, yeah. That yeah. cat's lazy as shit. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, seventeen years old. He's living the life. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's good. It's good. I want to. I just. I'm really curious though how they can hold on to this idea moving forward and, and make it simple too. Um, that's really a head scratcher for me, but I just am hopeful that this is where we're at currently. And that's like where we're moving towards. So ideally we don't just go straight back to what we were already doing. Um, Cause I feel like, again, this is like one foot forward. We're making a step in the right direction. So hopefully this like continues this way to a big degree hopefully the mints per player are going to be reasonable because you know you got your micro factors of top shot itself of of what's going on with uh people that are sort of getting fed up and you still have your core of whatever it is i think seven or eight thousand or how many was it steve like seven eight thousand people bought these packs um um, well, I heard a number at one point saying it was like, I don't know, 11, 11 to 12,000 unique holders. Was it that? Um, high? I, I think, yeah, but some of those people like were clearly airdrop packs as well. So, okay, that was a, I mean, that's me. I didn't buy one and I tried to sell them all, but I was still counted in that number. When you throw okay. me nine packs, I open them up. I'm not going to sell a Murray at three bucks just to get rid of them, especially when he's going to win around. But 
I would not count that as I'm engaged in the playoffs. And there's plenty well, which, of people. Which that Murray are you talking about here? Jamal Murray. Okay. Phew. I thought you were talking about the Hawks. Um, yeah. Um, oh. oh, and that's your team? The Hawks? No, my, my team is the Celtics. I'm like, oh, you're holding on oh. to a Hawks player because you're saying he's going to win a round? What are you talking about over there? I'm going to have to close <laughs> no, you out. No, no, it's Jamal Murray. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm – I mean, yeah. I was born and raised to hate the Celtics okay? because I came Very from good. a Pistons family. But you know what? I say this all the time with U of M teams, other, other sports. I just love when people love their team mm-hmm. so we can talk shit to each other and just, you know, then that way when you win or I win, the emotional damage is just that high. Yeah. You can watch people cry and scream and just fuck with them. It makes you feel that much better. That's true. That's like, the beauty I of hate, sports. I hate Michael Jordan. I hate Emmett Smith. Those are all like the big. I'm a Barry Sanders guy. Isaiah Thomas. That's my team. I yeah. never waver. You know, it yeah. is what it is. But it, that's what makes this beautiful. You, you know what? I you, I should have used this. Man, I can't believe I didn't use this clip. Don't you fucking do it. Don't you dare. Throw <laughs> I don't it. know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. <laughs> That's perfect. I know, right? That's my. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you all know that Isaiah didn't make the dream team because of Jordan. Oh, of course. Clear. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And of course. That's God, why. That, that steal on the inbounds pass, it kills me. Probably not as much as the, uh, Sheed not covering the inbounds guy against the Spurs. That really hurt. I don't even, I'd have to watch that clip. I don't remember that whatsoever. Um, yeah. It's Robert Ory inbounds the ball in 2005. And then Rasheed Wallace doesn't cover Robert Ory when he's he known as Big Shot Bob. So he passes the ball inbounds, it moves around, comes back to Ory, hits a game winning three in game five, and then we lose. Mm. That hurt. I mean, that was. The prime of my intro to drinking career in college. (laughs) And we watched that happen. That hurt. I mean, the previous year was amazing. Mm -hmm. That was, oh, that was such a kill shot. No, the fact that the Pistons, the Pistons could win an NBA championship without any like one star. They're one of the few teams that were able to do that in recent history. I mean, that, that says a lot for Pistons fans. They can be proud of that, I think. Yeah. And then they changed the rules next year where you couldn't, put hands on a the guy. There was no hand checks, no nothing. After we re-signed everyone and fucked us. Terrible. <laughs> they, but they rubbed it, you again. It is what it is. And then you can see it in Donahue's book that there was a lot of things that, uh, on the shady side of the game that uh, they tweaked. Of course. And Budavane, happy King's Day, whatever that means. Is that the king the king of Netherlands? You're like celebrating him or something? I don't know what that is, but enjoy it. Um, yeah, this is right. That's why I'm wearing orange, just for you, pal. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like what, what haven't we covered? I feel like we we covered. I mean, there, you know, Steve's got this great tool to take care to take to to look at these redemptions. So definitely keep looking at that. We we just talked about how many active users um, bought those packs. So it's probably a bit of an inflated number, which makes sense because before that. The people that were buying packs was topping out around where, like five thousand ish, 
like right and then all of a sudden it leaps to 12 doesn't really make a whole lot of sense so i mean i guess we could split the difference and say maybe we're at around 8000 or so and maybe just because redemption's kicked so much ass that's why we're above 5000 that's what i'd like to think but then that takes me to what what should the circulation counts be for next series and i think that that around that number again and and none of this parallels nonsense either because that didn't seem to really move the needle for anybody other than the the liquid explosion i love parallels but i'm in i'm a small minority so so i i say i'm a card guy and, and i know i've gotten in arguments with Jewy and a few other guys that are you know that love parallels i would be okay with parallels if they're if the program that they run could properly distinguish it if you made it so explosions were needed for something, you know, or I guess you could do five, actually you can't even do it. If you say 500 count or less, it would factor in good rares, legendaries, and explosions. They can't differentiate on the different levels of parallels. If you can't do it, you shouldn't have launched it because it, it confuses, you know, you can't properly use them. It is an okay thing. But you still can't, you know, slow roll. You still can't, I mean, if you can't use it in your program, people will treat it as such. You have to go in the next year and be able to gamify with splitting those apart. If you can't, it's, I mean, it's not going to work. Steve, why do you love parallels? Um, I just think it makes something that would otherwise be, um, a bit dull like kind of interesting like those if you just minted these bases to 16k which is what they wanted to do originally right like ignoring the parallels which would have been imagine a yeah imagine every base was just out of 16k right would have been terrible <laughs> would have been terrible or even let's just say for the sake of argument an, an 8k uh, base moment mm -hmm. it's like you pull another one it's like this is kind of it doesn't mean but you you kind of switch up this artwork a little bit it's like eh it, I'm not saying it's like enough to move the needle for a lot of people but it is slightly different. And I think it does like for myself, I'm like, eh, I'll collect this set of each. So I, I have been doing that because there's just a subset of users that are like, oh, you know, what? I'll collect this or that. And um, this product doesn't have to be like a, um, like there, there, are, there are different types of users here. And it's, it's just because you don't like it. That's fine. Like I don't maybe like some other thing. And, um, but I think it adds something where, um, someone might look at it and say like, they, they want to collect that. And I like the 500 mints. I like the thousand mints. I think that's like a really interesting play because a lot of those, like they're going to be less than 300 sets, for instance, or 400 sets. Um, so there's like a group of collectors that are kind of crazy. That'll probably try to chase that set, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, it's kind of harmless. I think it yeah. just, it always just goes back to the original issue, which is there's just too much of this stuff. <laughs> like not enough of people buying it um and i think uh you know if we had a whole if we had wall street bets in in here again then i'm sure parallels would be way cooler and way more interesting and you know but i, I, should, I should clarify like, the, the parallels thing it's not about value at all like to me it's all basically worthless it's right. just a collectible right it's like having fun if you had if you had all these worthless things in front of you like okay this one's got like a fancy color on this worthless thing this one got it just it makes the collecting thing like a little bit more fun and i know it's like it's stupid but that's that's where we're at with this right is like a lot of this I is agree. just kind of it's worthless so you might as well have fun with it 
switch up the colorway. This one's got a little, you know, rotating thing on it. This one's got a swirl, you know. Like, yeah, no, I agree. That that's what it's become. It's become like collecting stickers. Um, where whereas in the physical card space, though, some parallels are extremely uh, valuable, but but those are like one of ones. And I, I think that might actually, like if we're trying to attract the physical card space and the Kraken, you should be well versed in yeah. this. Then maybe if we did like, you know, a one of one of some of the star players, that might be exciting to the physical card collectors. Uh, I'm not quite sure. The problem is, though, you do one of one, which I've been very against them. And I was pissed off when NFL All Day did it. Okay. It's not the time to do that. The time to do that is when you're, you know where you're going, you know your value prop, who you are as a company, that's when you launch it. One of ones are special. Okay. Like I was, I, I don't want the one of ones from S1 ever coming out mm -hmm. because by now that, I don't know if you could work perfectly for the next three years and make that be okay. Mm -hmm. I think all the S1 one of ones were burned though. I think they don't no, think it just exists. The S, just the S2s. Oh, wait, the they kept the Genesis mind. set, I think. Right? I thought they, oh, I thought, oh the, Platinum Race. the Genesis is still on the table to be auctioned off. So Yeah, see, I'm still a proponent of them a of them putting that to like, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, what happens to a Cosmic if the one of one comes out? Oh, it's all Or fun. the rare or the common or anything. They're fucked. So what I suggest that you do is donate it to the NBA Hall of Fame. Yes, yes, this yes. Spot and put it there. Yep. and say it's locked there for 100 years. I don't care. And just put it there and use that as advertising space. But the Platinum Ice, I hammered that hard in all like the private chats we had. You got to nuke it. If you do a one of three of every goddamn moment in S2, you're going to burn this place to the ground. Like Because then every legendary, every rare, every common is worth nothing. So everyone with huge bags will sell out to go get those, and it trickles downhill. I mean, you just can't do it. What are what are your takes on like the great unlocking? Are you guys holding on to your butts? Are you ready to buy things? Like, what are you what are you thinking about this? I mean, I will say that I did read that um, unlocking is actually a manual behavior, so it's not like your moments just unlock by themselves. It's yeah, something that yeah. people have to go and. Actually it's just a time. It's a, it's a time stamp associated with it. So as soon as the as soon as it crosses that date, you're allowed to unlock. It doesn't unlock for you. Yeah, which so is our, why I locked earlier, thinking the challenges would be harder. So if I locked a Luca Top Shot debut to like what fourteen hundred. Then suddenly, when he hits in a challenge nine times, he's going to have ten percent left. So I would be the first one out of jail and be able to sell as a premium. Mm. But we never did hard challenges, so that never happened. So it kind of screwed me. But I locked earlier because of that, and thinking we would use leaderboard rewards, which I would say this year's rewards across the board, including the ones coming are probably about 5 or 10% of what the general public thought we were going to do. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know if you think the same thing, Steve. I mean, leaderboards, yeah. I thought this was going to be... No, I, I completely agree with you, though. Like, when locking came out, um, you know, I, I, I factored in the um, Dapper's history of maybe missing the mark. So I wasn't going to... Uh, I wasn't going to lock at all. A lot of people did. I locked the bare minimum. Like... I really dragged my feet on locking. Um, I'm 
I'm almost 40,000 moments now. It's an insane number. I think I've locked maybe like 3,000 of them. So most of my collection is not locked at all. Um, like the stuff that is locked is like the, the, my grails, obviously, right? Like the super high-end stuff I've locked. Mostly because I'm chasing like the... The what, sir? Or the ones you spent way too much. That yeah, 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 exactly. Those two, right? Yeah. Like we, we like all have those mistakes. Having a Zach Levine metal gold one for like six grand. Yeah, that yeah. thing's locked. And I think I've got one of those too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought we'd have more more involving the, the leaderboards. Um, although I am excited to see this um, the team leaderboards this offseason. I think there could be some movement there because, um, yeah, the teams are all getting moments, right? So that could be interesting, like top top 50, right? Um, yeah. Um, so then what is, what is your general thoughts then on the, on the time when we start unlocking, what do you, what do you think it's going to be mayhem? Do you think that, do you expect that Dapper is going to incentivize people to lock again? Like what are, what are you guessing is going to happen? If, if that, if Dapper's smart, they would have some kind of multiplier of like, Oh, you've held like, you know, 1.1 multiplier or something like that. Like your TSS goes up by a certain number because I think it, that'd be enough for people to be like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll keep it locked. Um, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, there's going to be a mass. Unlock. I mean, I mean, I always said, I mean, I was warning them and I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's fud, doom and gloom, whatever. I'm like, no, you have the mint collective that's coming up in April or, or uh, in March. You have that coming up. Card collectors aren't stupid. They're going to see the trend up or down. Then on top of that, who lock that are big accounts, they unlock in July. If you don't start turning this around now, it's not going to be enough to turn this around one month before. It's not. You have to start moving it now in season, showing results, executing on what you say, because there's plenty of people sitting on accounts bigger than Veerman's, believe it or not, that are not too happy, that aren't going to be okay with news on what the future is three weeks before it unlocks. Those people are gone. You need to move now to show a path of like, I say this, I do this. Do it right now. You have to. It's urgent because there's enough pissed off people that might leave, which hurts long term. I mean, when it comes July unlocking, I'm, I'm not selling everything right now. There's enough people pissed waiting for a reason to collect and hold, whether they're new or old. Just give us a damn reason to collect and hold. I mean, an over promise once or twice. Stop under promising. You say something, you do it. Just give us that. If you do yeah. that, this works out fine. It's fun because not many other spaces are actually living up to their promise. If you consistently say stuff officially and do it on time, this place moves. I mean, it's, you know, it's collectibles, it's cards, the nostalgia preys on you, DFS, you can do that. People love it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think we see that across the NFT space. If we're talking purely NFTs, like 99% of NFTs just can't keep their shit together. That's what we see across the everything in NFTs, basically. So if we compare it to that, then uh, yeah, it's like Top Shot's actually doing pretty pretty well, considering how many people are still engaged and 
and they still have they're still growing and developing their product and stuff like that uh, i saw some number like yesterday i'm not sure how accurate it was it was like oh there's seven thousand people still in like the nft space i'm like well top shot's got half of those people apparently because <laughs> so I, i'm just i'm wondering if that number goes down and top shot stays the same like well there's going to be at some point in time here where we're basically the entirety of the nft market again come full circle how do you how do you guys feel who were, you were both there um, since the beginning basically and you were talking about S1 like how does your sentiment feel now because there were times in before this thing blew up where sentiment was also really sort of down in the dumps mm-hmm. like how do, how do you compare the way sentiment feels now to the way that sentiment felt before the boom let's say you want to go first Yep. Yeah, my end. I came in later, so I was uh, October. So, and I am not a. I had. I didn't know Discord was a thing. I thought it was a Dapper app. To be honest, I thought Dapper <laughs> created Discord. I wish I they did. Them. That would be awesome. We'd be. I, yeah, be I, good. I, I'm not a gamer. I have three kids upstairs. I didn't know what Discord was, but I knew I had to sign up for it. I knew I had to sign up for. Twitter. I didn't have either one. I didn't even know what NFTs were for the first three and a half months on Top Shot. So I was probably like 30 grand in the Top Shot and didn't know what the meaning of NFT was or what Discord was. I just saw this as I looked up, they're officially licensed by the NBA. That's all that matters to me. And I don't have to do more fucking spreadsheets. And I can stop grading these goddamn cards and I can just offload them all. That was enough. And I was like, okay. And then once I saw a couple of the rules with like badges and things like that, I went ham in like early January before the boom. And then it paid off. But then nothing stayed consistent, which then I went backwards. But I mean, coming from cards, it's exactly what it could i mean it could be the proper fit from cards there's 70 plus percent fraud according to the fbi this you can't make a fake it's on site it's on chain it's there you know what you have no excel sheets no trips to fedex or ups i mean in cards a couple hours a week to bowl and you have no fucking clue what you're actually at profit or loss statement unless you spend 10 hours a week in an Excel sheet. This is perfect. All the guys I know from cards, if this would stay premium, like line at the door, you can't get packs. Things maintain value. It works. But if things are three and $1, it does not because they have it in cards. They can flip and sell raw cards for $1, $3, $5. This is premium. It works. Cheap, it's of no interest, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't have consistent rules. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely for the physical cards, people. Um, But Steve, what what are you thinking in terms of how things felt back then and how things feel right now? Most, honestly, even in S1, a lot of it wasn't, it was, the thing that's been consistent almost this entire time, besides the February and like March 01, or sorry, uh, 21, is that uh, um, there's, there've always been supply issues. Like in S1, they were minting 
you know, 4,000, whatever, Trey Young's or Vince Carter's or whatever. It's like, we only have 500 people here. Why are you doing that? Like, it was pretty crazy. Um, a lot of people were shouting even then that they were over minting and Dapper would always be like, oh, we're going to mint for the future, right? One day people are going to want these things. And then when that time came in February and March, like, we're like, oh, finally, this is the time. So this is, they were minting for that time. And I think it was a reasonable assumption, even then, even, like this is what I made, was like, oh, this is, 4,000 was their ambitious target. They hit it. Um, so they're going to kind of keep level with that. Mm-hmm. I had no, I didn't think they would go from like, cause so Kevin Durant in series one, he had a run it back moment. I mean, one moment was about 200 mints. It's like, I didn't think they'd mint over a hundred thousand fucking bases in S2. Like who would, who would think that reasonably you'd go from 200 to 100,000. Like that's not a reasonable assumption that anyone would make. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to afford, you know, 4,000. And so this was where things cut off the rails. And uh, so they've always had this problem. The sentiment's always been oversupply. And this is a collectible. It has to be scarce. And I really hope they kind of ring this in a bit. And I, I'm encouraged with like the, the recent moves. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's always just been too much. We've always been swimming in like this, this future supply. Like we're minting for like the next generation of, of holders. Like, why are you doing that? It's, it, this is, I mean, we talked about it. It's like being in the business, ignoring your key accounts. Anyone that's in sales, if you have your top accounts, that's who you grow through, through positive referrals. This is the equivalent of our top 80% of business. We are going to stop talking to proactively. And we are just going to send all of our seasoned sales reps on cold calling, knocking on doors. I can assure you, you will fail. You have to take care of your base because positive referrals is massive. If you think any one of the top thousand accounts doesn't have other people like them, you're wrong. If you make them happy, they bring in other people like them who will follow and they will be happy and fall in line. Word of mouth is one of the cheapest ways of getting up marketing. It's like the the ideal. It's the ideal. That's how how we got to the fucking point we did in S2. Yes. Was word of mouth. It had nothing to do, nothing to do with dapper marketing. It was word of mouth. So if you turn it right, I mean, use the emotional factor. If you make people feel like shit that quit over the last year and a half because they left too early, whether they did or didn't, make them feel like assholes for leaving early. You know, I'm not saying anything illegal. Just make things scarce. Do what you say and let things trend up. If you just keep dumping and saying, I need 40K to do this, you're fucked. That's, that's, year or, that's like monthly goal manager you're a piece of shit you're a used car salesman like if you say generational product have views past this month i mean and mm-hmm. show it tell us the rules of the game if you're generational throw me a fucking rule for next year if you can't you're not generational you just i mean you are figuring it out on the on, on the fly i mean being a vip you see what happens it's truly on the fly. I mean, we see nothing different than anyone else. It just kind of pops up. Mm. Yeah. And now we're all in the collector's corner. Um, but listen, uh, I think, I think we covered a lot here. 
Um, I think we could close it out with some good old fashioned updated NBA playoffs, hot takes or predictions. Um, so the Kraken, what do you think? Who's your, who's your pick out of the East and the West? Who's your NBA champion? It's tough. My original, which isn't looking good, was uh, the Bucks were going to take it, which not good. <laughs> it's not, not looking good, good right now. <laughs> I, hey, I'm on it. Hey, I'm honest though. But uh, I, I really think right now you're going to have a very tight matchup between Boston and Philly, obviously, and it's going to be tight. I think. Boston's the team that's going to come out of the East. And then on the West side, I want to say it's going to be the uh, Nuggets, Boston's Nuggets, and Joker's finally going to get a chance to prove himself. And that's only if, I mean, they got to stay healthy. Jamal Murray's been an animal in the playoffs. I love Jamal Murray. He's a fun guy to watch. His S1 first dunk, that's fierce. But, like, it's if Joker can't get it done this year and he loses to my boy Ishbia, who just bought the Suns, it happens. So, like, if they can't get it done this year, it ain't happening. Mm. But I think yeah. it's going to be Nuggets, Celtics. That, that was actually my preseason pick. Um, Steve, what do you think? Um, my phone might die really shortly, just a heads up. Uh, but uh, I had Nuggets Bucks in the finals with Nuggets winning. Um, that's that was my 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 hope, my dream. Like, uh, you know, Jamal Murray is my guy. Like, it's the, it's the reason why I'm wearing a Kitchener hat. Like, that was my same thing in the VIP pool. Yeah. So, like, now that the Bucks are out, like, okay, I still have one horse in the race, which was the one I you know. So I, I hope they win. Um. Who else? I had the Warriors like going over Kings, and that's looking good now. Um, you know, Kings look. I don't think they're coming back from that one. Um, the Heat has surprised the hell out of me. Like we haven't talked at all about this like Butler thing, but holy shit, man, Play Jimmy Butler right is just insane. These last two games, holy god! Like this fourth quarter, I'm watching this game. I'm just, I'm nervous almost. How how crazy? Like, what am I watching? I know. What am I watching? It's like a robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did how did teams not trade for Jimmy? I know Miami could reset. They have some young guys. You see what you know the Suns had to give up for KD. How are teams not giving up something similar for Jimmy just to nuke it for two years? You know? Yeah, it's unreal. I, mean, uh, I think maybe Steve's he goes god mode the second he gets in the playoffs. Right. Anyone that's you know. And and that 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 honestly tell, tells me a lot this season too about how much the regular season doesn't matter that much, which kind of sucks, because like the Warriors can sort of be terrible on the road all season long. They don't look like themselves, and then all of a sudden this playoffs start, and okay, now we're gonna start playing defense. Now we're gonna start winning games on the road. Um, it's kind of wild, and uh, I don't know what other sports. I guess other sports are like that, but. That's what's a little more pure, I suppose, about like American football. Like you can't lollygag your way to the playoffs. You have to you play can't hard. Lose, but if you dominate, you can start benching guys for three weeks. That's true. You really kind of football. If you are, you know, Kansas City, you're at the top. Basketball, you just get in and you kind of pick your poison and line up who you want to be with. Hockey is different. I mean, I saw the stats between hockey and basketball. It was 
a lot more people played every game in hockey than basketball. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I mean, I don't know what to do. It sucks if you go to do a game. You want to see someone. It's the rules of the game, though. Yeah. I don't know the solution. I don't either. But listen, at least uh, the playoffs are incredibly exciting. And we saw Jimmy Butler just completely go off. I don't know if he can do that all series. What's your projection? My projection, I'll stay true to what I said preseason. Celtics, Nuggets, I'm the same as you. Um, I'm I'm thinking the Celtics take it home, though. I think you – it sounded like you think the Nuggets are – or they're like destined. They have to take it home. But you think they will take it home? I think they will. But your point, Tatum, you can see when Tatum goes into a game where he thinks they have it locked up before the game starts. I saw it when I went to the Pistons game when they played him. He shows up. He does not move off ball and just starts launching threes like shitty shots early. He's like, I'm just not going to run that hard. Like he needs to eliminate that from his mind and go in and just kill people. Like move off ball, everybody. Move off ball. Like, they have bigs that can play. But when he goes into a game where he thinks it takes until halftime to wake up, like, he starts – because I think he was, what, one of 11 from three? Like, that can't happen if you're going to be the next big guy. You need to go in dialed in looking to kill. Absolutely. And uh, Tatum actually was shooting really well in, like, the mid-range. Um, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden he just, all he did was launch threes for like the rest of the game. And he just played Cause, so poorly because he uh, sits from the top center, just slightly this way and sits right there. And he chucks like 10 threes and that's what mm-hmm. he did. He just started bombing them with an inch on offense. It's like, you got to move off ball. I mean, I've played many sports. If you don't move off ball, defense has an easy time. But mm-hmm. when he feels like they're going to win, he doesn't move. You just, right. You got to do it every fucking game, whether you're favored by 15 or they're favored by five. You have to go in and move. I mean, yeah. Well, listen, the, the Hawks are yeah. not exactly a defensive powerhouse. They're not exactly the, the Pistons. Of oh, they're, going, they're going down. Hawks are going, right. going down. Exactly. I can't wait till uh, 76ers Celtics. That's going to be a very interesting series. The Sixers obviously uh, are taking advantage of being able to rest right now. I mean, Embiid looked like he may have tweaked his knee or something like that, I, I believe. So who knows? The injuries also play such a huge part in this playoffs. But hey, I'm rooting for the Celtics. I think they get it done tonight. I definitely do not want to see a game seven. And uh, I think that Sixers Celtics series is going to be. That the winner of that series most likely wins the Eastern Conference because I can't think people are super high on the the Knicks or the Heat. So I imagine that that's that's definitely the chalk prediction yeah. at the moment. I don't care. I mean, Knicks are done. <laughs> Knicks Knicks are not making it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, who knows though? Yeah. I mean, we could be surprised. Uh, who knows? Um. But anyway, listen, it's, I guess we're at like an hour and a half. I feel like we had a good chat. Is there anything else uh, you want to give any parting words, the Kraken? Um, no, it's, I mean, I just hope to get into next year. We have actual minting rules, historical rules, and we just go simple. Simplify the product, 
stabilize it, and let's see some rules over the summer. Sure. And what do you mean by historical rules, by the way? Well, if you're going to make a historical moment, you have to have rules. So if a guy gets one rookie moment and we're two years later, if you have no rules, you you can make a, a international common rookie moment historical and just bomb out that one spot. I gotcha. now, if you found the perfect spot, or like when I discussed with the guys on squad goals, I explained why it's bad that you can make a historical squad goals rookie moment from the previous season. Sure. There were guys that were buying thousands of dollars of rookies because the season closed out. Based on their word, if you would have made squad goals, certain people would write. They would never trust you again. That would be a bad move. If you had the one rookie moment of Tyrese, or was it Maxi S2? What if I came in and made seven more rookie Maxis? Historical. That would kill his value. You have to have rules. Because if you fuck with the space-time continuum, shit gets weird, right? And <laughs> I can't put, put money in if I can't trust you. You know, if you're going to travel in time and fuck up the past, I can't trust you. You know, so give me rules I'm minting for the future, historical rules. When you say something, do it. Absolutely. Got to have structure, got to have rules. And if you mess with the space-time continuum, things get weird. I think that's a good way to close out. Uh, but anyways, Kraken, thank you. Thank you for making time. I appreciate you. And uh, Steve, go charge your phone. And uh, charge now. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Steve, you got any final words for the people that are watching you now? I, I just uh, said don't fuck up yeah. the space-time continuum. Historical <laughs> rules, baby. You know, that's like my favorite movie of all time, right? Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely, like, don't don't screw that up. Um, Tandy, this has been great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciate it. Love your content. Keep doing what you do. All right, man. Well, thanks to both of you, and uh, enjoy the enjoy this week of watching great NBA action. And we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Static selection.